The following is audio from The Refuge Church. Every sermon is an invitation to understand, obey, and enjoy God. More information about The Refuge Church is available at therefugechurch.us. So there's two objectives I have today. One is to um, help prepare you for reading the Bible in a year, and the second is to help you understand some of the changes that we have made recently at the Refuge Church. Uh, On the back table, there is a letter I wrote, and it it will help explain. It's actually the kind of the content of the first part of my sermon. And it's both an explanation and an apology. Uh, The apology is that we have made a lot of changes recently as a church, changes coming into the new year, and, and haven't explained all those well. And since... Uh, I have not, and we have not as elders explained all those well. I know <clears throat> that has probably led to more questions or some uncertainties uh, about you know, why we would, I think especially why we would change the name of community groups to house churches. And so I just want to explain that. Uh, the, the heart of all the changes that have, are, are taking place into the new year all come from this moment, these moments in the summer um, as I started wrestling with Colossians 3.16, which you've probably heard me say every single week for the last two months, and that is, let the word of Christ dwell among you richly, speaking to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, making music in your heart to the Lord. And I wrestled with this, asking, how do we as a church let the word of Christ dwell among us so richly that we are all speaking to one another. And as I looked at, at, at how we, along with most of the, the churches I know, at least in our American context, the way we uh, have you know, arranged ourselves is that, that we come on Sunday morning and we see this as being church. Sunday mornings has been, become synonymous with church. And, and when we come together, it's like this, right? That uh, for, for the majority of the time, the majority of the people watch while a select group of people get to live out the, the spiritual gifts that God's given them. Uh, while the whole church that is each equipped, every single one of you has a supernatural gift that God has given you, a powerful supernatural gift that God has made for you to share with one another. And and what that looks like is that you speak to one another the word of God. The word of God dwells among us so richly that we are speaking to one another. We are encouraging each other. That it's coming out of us and being shared. And and that doesn't all happen on on a Sunday morning. And unfortunately, though, that's what we think of as church. And we think of these other times that we gather not as church. So we call them small groups, or we call them community groups. When in reality, these are church also. I think one of the reasons why, uh, why those times aren't considered church is because there are not pastors and elders present at those times. Um, and so I started digging in the scripture, and, and what I discovered was that, that when uh, the, the church in different cities... Um, and, and you know you see Paul write to different cities. You see him write to the city of Philippi or Colossae or, or Corinth. Right? You see him write to cities. And each of these cities have elders that, that were chosen to oversee these 
house churches. And so house churches have leaders, men and women, who are faithfully leading, but they come under the authority of the elders of the church. And so I just want to read you a couple examples here. You can read the letter I wrote, but, but where you see this both worked out in Scripture, in Acts 2.42, it says, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, breaking of bread, and prayer. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts, and they broke bread in their homes uh, together with glad hearts and sincere hearts. Acts 5.42 says this, day after day in temple courts, and from house to house they met, never stopping teaching and proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. Acts 20.20 says this, You know I have not hesitated to preach anything that would be helpful to you, but have taught you publicly and from house to house. And so you see both of these happen. You see both this setting where where they're they're in public like this, right? We're not quite in public. Maybe we should meet down at the fair terminal next week. But um, but where there is those who are able to preach, who are, are, are preaching in that context, but they're also meeting house to house as a church. And so what we want to do is sort of... Um, regain balance a little bit that I think a lot of us are like sweet I made it to church and and we because we were here on a Sunday um, and we can neglect that time where where maybe the unique powerful gift that God has given you can really come alive do you know your gift that's one of the goals of community this year that we'll be able to explore that We'll be able to, to realize man, who you are and how you've been made and that the word of God starts coming out of you and being shared. And so what that will look like in community groups is instead of going over the sermon series, right, we'll be talking through the scripture. And so we'll be helping one another by simply asking, where do you see God? What does God say about himself in this scripture? What is this God saying about you in this scripture? So segue from that into... How, so why and how do we read the Bible? Well, I have an illustration that Jordan's really going to like. And it has to do with a football. So 1965, Vince Lombardi walked into the locker room of the Green Bay Packers. The year before they had finished third in their league and they weren't satisfied with that. He wasn't satisfied with that. Looks like I'm a coach right now. And so he walks into the locker room, first day of practice, and he says, this is a football. This is a football. What he meant by that is we need to get back to the basics. Maybe we're content with making, you know, as a football player, making a million dollar salary. Or he goes, but I'm not content with that. And for the next three years, they won consecutively the uh, NFL championship, which is amazing. Vince Lombardi goes down in history for that. But I feel like this is kind of what we're doing <clears throat> as we enter 2018, is, is what we as a church are doing, are we're saying, this is the Bible. Right? When Vince Lombardi said that to the Green Bay Packers, all of them were professional athletes, professional football players. Of course they know what a football is. But I think sometimes as Christians, <clears throat> when we pick up our Bibles, we feel like because we have, we have committed our lives to following Jesus and he has 
by his grace, taken our hearts of stone and given us a heart of flesh that we feel like we are black belt ninja Bible handlers, right? And so, so we pick it up and we're like, I got this. But yet we don't find ourselves living out really what, what God has promised in his word. And we don't find ourselves as comfortable maybe with the scripture as we'd like to be. We don't find it coming out of us. When we gather together, maybe we don't, we don't find the word is what's dwelling in us. And so what's coming out of our mouths isn't something that's honoring him even sometimes. Right? This is the Bible. And I think, I think that's the way we need to start 2018 is, is sort of humbling ourselves to saying, I need this. Maybe I look back at my own track record and I've failed at this. So let's dive in together. The Bible is a personal invitation to know God, to enjoy God, and ultimately to respond in obedience to God. It's his invitation to us to do that. And so, <clears throat> so let's dive in. When we start, I'm just going to talk about why. And, and I'm, I'm not going to be the one saying this. For the why section of why I read the Bible, we're just going to read a ton of verses. So <clears throat> I think right now I'm on the screen. If not, get ready to, to turn the pages. Uh, why read the Bible? Psalm 19, 7 through 14 says this. It says, the law of the Lord is perfect refreshing the soul. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The decrees of the Lord are firm, and all of them are righteous. They are more precious than gold, than much pure gold. They are sweeter than honey, than honey from the honeycomb. By them your servant is warned, and keeping them there is great reward. But who can discern their own errors? Forgive my hidden faults. Keep your servant also from willful sins. May they not rule over me. Then I will be blameless, innocent of great transgression. Psalm 119. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing in your sight, Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Psalm 119. Blessed are those whose ways are blameless, who walk according to the law of the Lord. Blessed are those who keep his statutes and seek him with all their hearts. They do no wrong, but follow his ways. You have laid down precepts that are to be fully obeyed. Oh, that my ways were steadfast in obeying your decrees. Then I would not be put to shame when I consider all your commands. I will praise you with an upright heart. As I learn your righteous laws, I will obey your decrees. Do not utterly forsake me. How can a young person stay on the path of purity? By living according to your word. I seek you with all my heart. Do not let me stray from your commands. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Praise be to the Lord. Teach me your decrees. With my lips I recount all the laws that come from your mouth. I rejoice in following your statutes as one rejoices in great riches. I meditate on your precepts and I consider your ways. I delight in your decrees. I will not neglect your word. Be good to your servant while I live that I may obey your word. Isn't this good? 
Open my eyes that I might see wonderful things in your law. I am a stranger on earth. Do not hide your commands from me. My soul is consumed with longing for your laws at all times. You rebuke the arrogant who are accursed. Those who stray from your commands remove from me their scorn and contempt for I keep your statutes. Though rulers sit together and slander me, your servant will meditate on your decrees. Your statutes are my delight. They are my counselors. I am laid low in the dust. Preserve my life according to your word. I gave an account of my ways and you answered me. Teach me your decrees. Cause me to understand the ways of your precepts that I may meditate on your wonderful deeds. My soul is weary with sorrow. Strengthen me according to your word. Keep me from deceitful ways. Be gracious to me and teach me your laws. I have chosen the way of faithfulness. I have set my heart on your laws. I hold steadfast to your statutes, O Lord. Do not let me be put to shame. I love this. It says, I run in the path of your commands, for you have broadened my understanding. Why? This is, this is why. Hebrews four twelve through 13 For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joint and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitude of the heart. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give account. 2 Timothy 3.16 and 17. All scripture... Is God breathed and useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work? Why read the Bible? So you can be thoroughly equipped for every good work. And, and lastly, 2 Peter 1, 19 through 21. We also have this prophetic message as something completely reliable. Completely reliable. And you will do well to pay attention to it as to a light shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. Above all, you must understand that no prophecy of scripture came about by the prophet's own interpretation of things. For prophecy never had its origin in human will, but prophets, though human, spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. This is why we read the Bible. Nothing needs to be added to this for reasoning. So the question is, if this is the promise, if this is what we are told as people who claim to be followers of God, who want to live in obedience to him and his word, the question is, why do we not read the Bible? And there's a couple reasons that I want to talk about really quickly. The first is that we don't read the Bible because many of us do not believe it is relevant to our lives, relevant to the here and now, relevant to what I am going through. God doesn't understand. And I believe the truth is if we do not find the Bible relevant, then we are dangerously distracted from what is actually relevant to our life, health, and well-being. We are dangerously distracted. You know, it's like when you see, and we've talked about this many times, it's an observation you've made many times, when you see people who are in relationship to one another, they're, they're married, they're, 
they're dating their friends and they're, you know, they're somewhere and they're on their phones. And we would say they're distracted and I believe we would probably also say dangerously distracted because they're missing out on what is important for what's not as important. And so when we say the Bible isn't relevant, we are dangerously distracted because what we have done is we have prioritized something else over what can actually lead us to a place of heart, soul, mind, strength, health, and to a relationship with God. The second thing is this. I think a lot of us don't read the Bible because we don't know how to read the Bible or we don't feel like we're qualified. And the, the, the truth is that you aren't. <laughs> right? you, you aren't ready, qualified, and you probably don't know how. And God knew that And so when Jesus was leaving, this is what he says. In in John 14, he says, The advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said. God has given us his spirit to help us. But you do not, remember, you do not have black belt Bible skills. right? When you get in and you're like, I thought I was cooler than this. And you're like... I, I'm not, right? <laughs> you get in and you're like, but I thought I knew God. And you're like, yeah. But, but the way the Bible describes you is as a baby. You are an infant in your faith, right? And, and, and some of you aren't. Some of you have walked with God longer and have been faithful in reading the word and have obeyed it. And, and for those people, I encourage you who feel like infants to to connect yourself with someone who is older and, and wiser and who knows how to navigate their way through scripture and, and learn from them as you speak to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs and make music in your heart to the Lord, right? As the word of God dwells among you richly. And this is so powerful. Why? Because I have studied the Bible for a long time. But I love it when I meet with somebody who, they've got fresh eyes and they're reading the Bible for the first time and they're like, check out what I found. And the Holy Spirit could be revealing something to you that's just going to blow me away. The next thing is uh, that we don't have enough time. Um, Every single one of us, this is a little secret, every single one of us has the same amount of time. I'm not joking we have the same amount of time. Every day has the same amount of time. Every week. Every, you, got, you got my point, okay. The question is how do you use your time? And the question of how you use your time goes back to the question of what do you value? You have time. The question is how do you use your time? Um, have you ever met somebody who, um, talking of value, have you ever met somebody who's like, um, I don't like the taste of water? You know, and, and I don't understand those people. I like, literally in the morning, I look like a dog drinking from a bowl when I get my first drink. It's just like the best thing ever. And it's all over, it's, it's a mess. Because water is so good. And, and you know what? You also need it to live. Okay? But, <laughs> but we treat the word of God like that where people are just like, well, I just, um, just I don't, it doesn't taste good. 
But when, when Jesus was tempted by, by Satan in Matthew 4, and he responds, it's this, he's been fasting for 40 days, and so he's extremely hungry. And, and Satan goes, well, you could, you could turn this rock into bread. And Jesus says this. He says, man does not live by bread alone. People don't live by bread alone, but every word that comes from the mouth of God. And what he's saying is just like water or food, these things that maybe don't interest you or don't find value, whatever, you need them. You need them to survive. And that is the scripture. Reading the scripture should not depend upon your interest level in it because you literally need it to survive just as much as you need food. Um, Lastly uh, is this... um, some will doubt the accuracy of the scripture. Well, I would read it, but I just feel like it's riddled with error. It's not a, you know, a book we can trust. And so there's two things I'd recommend for you if you're in that camp. I just don't trust the scripture. Well, the first is read it anyway. Um, I believe the Bible is a self-validating book. I don't think you need to rely on other information to validate it and then you go back to it. Um, I think if you start reading the Bible, I believe God will reveal himself and his truth to you. And for you who are in that mindset, you're probably like, self-validating, right? (laughs) But I do encourage you to read it anyway. Also, there's a lot of great information upon, about the accuracy of scripture. Um, Some very simple reads, uh, Case for Christ by Lee Strobel or Reason for God by Timothy Keller have some great beginning information. There's a lot more dense stuff than that. But if you just want to start Case for Christ by Lee Strobel or Reason for God by Timothy Keller, excellent. But either way, start reading it. And so if, if you are in the place where you're like, Daniel, you convinced me. But how? Okay, this is the last part of the sermon. How do we read the Bible? In reality, I will give you how I read the Bible. Um, And I love it, it works. Um, But the truth is no technique will be the thing that solves your challenge in reading scripture. Uh, One of the books I was reading this week, it says this. It says, no amount of advice on Bible study technique can compensate for hearts and minds that are not willing to humbly follow God. No technique will get you to the place if your heart doesn't desire him and it's not willing to humbly learn. Remember, this is a Bible, right? This is getting back to the basics. So what I want to encourage you, I'm going to tell you how I do it, and I think it will be helpful, especially as we get into the new year and we emphasize not just reading it for yourself, but speaking it to one another, I want to encourage you to do this. The first step is this, is, is you, you pray. Spend time in prayer. And, I, and I, I don't mean this lightly. This is not just a step to get out of the way. Um, the Bible is not time alone. The Bible is not alone time. The Bible is time with God. Um, And so if you show up as if it's a self-help manual that you can kind of get your points and then leave and do it yourself, that's not what the Bible is made for. The Bible is made for for time with God. And so when we pray, the Bible actually gives us help with that. In Psalm 119, 
19, which we saw earlier, it says, open my eyes so I might see wonderful things in your law. Open my eyes so I can see wonderful things in your law. The Bible is giving you ways to pray. In Psalm 139, it says this. It says, search me, O God, and know my heart. Search me, know my heart, know what's going on within me because you might read and you might have so much going on in your own heart and mind that you can't even think straight. And you're like, but we, in that time, we get to just stop and go, search my heart, oh God, know my anxious thoughts and see if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in your way. Start your Bible time. And honestly, you might, and that, that might be where you stay. <laughs> Maybe you've just been thirsting for your time with him and maybe you're just going to keep praying. That's good. What we're doing in the Bible reading planning is not this militant, like, you got to get it done. Like, I'm not going to check in every week with you and be like, hey, oh, you missed Thursday. And then give you that look like this. Right? No, that's, that's not what it's about. Uh, right? the, the goal is what? Knowing God, enjoying God, and learning to obey God. Right? That's, it's a personal invitation from God to do that. And so, so that is the goal. So start your time with prayer. The second is read, right? And I know you probably knew that. That's, but the challenge is that reading actually is very difficult. Um, Joshua 1, 7 to 9, if we got that, um, says this. It says, be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or left that you may be successful wherever you go. And I think a lot of people are like, I want to be successful wherever I go. Well, keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord God will be with you wherever you go. You know what it's going to take to read this book for an entire year? Strength and courage. It will. This is not an easy thing. What we're doing as a church is not an easy thing. Jesus hasn't invited you into an easy thing here. But be strong and courageous. Keep this book of law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Read, read, read. But this is actually one of the profound challenges of Bible reading is reading itself because reading is challenging, right? Some, some people are readers. Some of you guys get through Harry Potter in three hours Good on you. But, but some of us take, you know, the first, you know, five months to get the first half chapter of Harry Potter, right? That, th- we all have different skills and abilities reading. Our ability to comprehend what we're reading or recall what we're reading. Those are all challenges. And even understand because, you know what, you're getting dropped into a culture of thousands of years ago, Right? It is challenging reading the Bible. But remember, the goal isn't reading. The goal is God. So take your time with it. Invite God into it and invite others into it. Right? If you come upon something that you're like, what is a denarii? You know, and you're like, what am I going to do with this? And you know what? Call somebody. That's okay, or write it down. Write, if, you're, if your notebook's full of questions by the time you get to Wednesday, 
that's okay. You're reading it, and the goal, right, is, is God. The goal is to get to know him. Take your time with it. Read at your pace. The third point is this, reflect on it. Uh, Psalm 119.97 says, Oh, how I love your law. I meditate on it all day. Psalm 1 uh, says this, Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on it day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields fruit in season, whose leaf does not wither and whatever they do prospers. Read it, reflect on it, reflect on it, meditate on the word of God. It means capture a part of it and chew on it. Let it roll over in your mind and consider what it means. Let it fill your thoughts. Uh, and, And this is what we're gonna be doing reflecting together then on Wednesday as you get together as a group and the leaders of your house church will say, what does this say about God? Well, those things you've been reflecting on, chewing on, what does that say? Just share that. You know, and if it's something like new that the world's never heard before, maybe you should probably ask somebody first, right? But like you're, you're doing this in, in the, the community of people going, this is what I, I heard as I was starting to read the scripture. What does this say about humanity? Well, I didn't really like what it was saying about me, but I'm going to share that anyway. And then, then lastly, what does this call us to, to uh, well, sorry, next is record. Actually, this is really cool. I, I had not noticed this before until I was studying for this Sunday. In Deuteronomy 17, God says to uh, Israel, he says, one day you're going to ask for a king. And when you ask for a king, and I give you a king, this is what I want that king to do. It says, when he takes the throne of his kingdom, he is to write for himself on a scroll a copy of this law and take it from that of the Levitical Levitical priest. It is to be with him and he is to read it all the days of his life so that he may learn to revere the Lord his God and follow carefully all the words of this law and these decrees. Do you get it? What it says is when somebody becomes a king of Israel, their first job is to copy the entire book of law. What if we did, like, when you, like first thing, you just became a Christian, you just became a follower of Jesus, now I need you to write the whole Bible. That would be so healthy. You know, because what we do, it says, it says write it down, and, and for what purpose? So it will be with you all the days of your life that you may learn how to revere God. And so this is what I do. I I read, I've been reading actually, I just finished my first month of the Read Scripture app that we're doing. And, and what I do is I read it and then I choose a verse and I write that verse down and then I reflect on it and I just write some notes. It's not long. You wouldn't even understand my handwriting. You, it probably wouldn't even make sense to you. I don't care. But when I come to you on a Sunday and I preach from that or a Wednesday, those reflections and those medicines, what I've written down is the things I'm gonna be sharing with you. It all works together. Right? Reflect on it. Then record your thoughts. Record it. Record the scriptures that you've read. And I've found that I speak to people more about the Bible when I'm doing that. I'm, all of a sudden, when someone's like, how was your day? Instead of being like, well, the day was kind of chilly. Um, I, I actually, like, because I'm thinking about God. Like, oftentimes I'll be like, well, I was in Exodus today. You know, and then they kind of trail off. But, that, that's what I wanted to share with them if they listen. So 
you reflect, you record, and then the last is respond. This is really important. Then we respond to God. James 1, through 25 says this, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Don't merely listen to the word and deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in the mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. So this is what we are supposed to do as individuals, but then as a church. This is what the word of God dwelling among us richly looks like. That we are learning to obey, but then as we come together and we are holding one another up to the word of God and we're showing it to one another and we're speaking it to one another and then we're asking, how should we respond to this? If this is what the Bible says, how do we respond to this? And remember, this isn't, and this is one of the reasons why we're calling house church and not just community groups is, is this is, Guys, this is it. This is what it looks like to be a church. It's not just you listening on a Sunday morning. This is a part of it. The public teaching of the word. This is. This is important what we're doing right now. You don't replace this with a Wednesday. But you also, or Thursday, or whenever you meet. But the house church is, as you look at the word of God, and you're holding each other up to the word of God, and you're you're exposing each other to the holiness of God and what he's asking you to do and then you're holding each other accountable to that. Not, not through judgment, but, but through reminder and admonition. Remember, what is the word, what does it say it's for in, in 2 Timothy 3.16? What it says is for correcting and teaching and rebuking and training in righteousness. Do you know how to use it in that way or do you just expect that to come from the person who stands up here on Sunday morning? That's not the place it comes from. Alone, it also comes from you speaking to one another. The word of God. And this is something you're going to have to learn how to do. How I'm going to have to learn how to do is it literally, this is what this Wednesday is going to look like. This Wednesday, we're going to have Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. We have three days of reading the scripture. And we're going to sit there. And, and whoever's leading is going to go, so what did they say about God? And this is what it's going to look like. And then someone, some brave, strong, courageous soul will be like, Well, I'll start. Uh, you know, and that's exactly what it's going to look like. And you're going to feel like you're so brave because you're the first one to talk about the Bible. And, and, and then by the grace of God, as we keep doing this, it will come out of us. We're going to have to learn. You are not a spiritual black belt. And, and we're going to learn this through the, the humbling process of just learning to talk about the Bible. So I want to... I hope you do, is don't expect your leaders to draw it out of you, right? Your your house church leaders, don't expect them to like have to pull the word out of you. No, go and be ready and read your Bible. And and if you're struggling with it, it's challenging, you share that. We want to hear that. We want to work through that together so that the word of Christ may dwell among us richly and we can speak to one another, Psalms, Psalms, 
hymns, and spiritual songs because that's what it means to be a church. Pray with me. Thank you for your word written down, God. I pray that you will help us be faithful with it, to learn faithfulness, to grow and mature, to not stay as infants, to grow up. We can know you, we can enjoy you and obey you. Praise in Jesus' mighty name, amen.